come with us. When you wish upon a star. Come and remember the magic. Welcome to 90s Disney, your podcast for everything about Disney in the 90s. I'm your host, A.G. Minotti, joined by Mike Minotti. Hey, hey. And Chris Minotti. Hey, don't start taking my thing. I you said, all, hey, you hey. Stay. It was close. You was too close. Wow. You know what? I forgot, too, until you said that. No. Hey, oh, hi, Chris. Right. Hey, there. Thank you. Great. It's 2021. Yay. Uh, woo. In spirit yeah. at the moment. <laughs> I'm disillusioned <laughs> with New Year's for a while. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's understandable. I bought. So. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. What would you, you, you buy? I bought. So I was going to say alcohol today, and I, I can't wait for tomorrow. <laughs> Wife uh, and I are going to have a good time. A, this is a Disney show. I know. That's why I stopped myself. <laughs> They don't really have much alcohol in Dinoland, USA, huh? Uh, no, though there's a margarita there apparently right now. Uh, Mike, could, why did you why did you ask me about just that? Just no reason. But how how great would like a a, a dinosaur themed uh, bar be? Who like not like a cheeky one, but like an excavation like, themed like, like T Rex farm? We we have well, T Rex. Not like that. Although <laughs> I don't dislike T Rex. <laughs> Oh, we you do know like the frozen we, mojito we in the bone. We'll that get to huge that. bone. We'll talk about that. <laughs> well, anyway, we're talking about this because we are talking about Countdown to Extinction, dun, dun, the dun. opening day Animal Kingdom attraction in Dinoland, USA. A thrilling journey through time to the Cretaceous period and the end of all things. Yeah, and the artist currently known as Dinosaur. <laughs> really, the only thrill ride when the park opened, and for the longest time, really. Oh, yes, and we will talk about that. Oh, yeah, so, can't wait. This, as I mentioned, is an opening day attraction at Animal Kingdom, which was April 22nd, 1998. And let me tell you some other important things that happened. The most important thing that happened was on April 22nd of that same year, Animal Kingdom opened. Hey, hey what do you know? There was really not much else going on in April. Uh, the other notable thing I found is this was uh, on April 18th is when Tennessee um, quarterback Peyton Manning who you may have heard of, was a uh, first-round uh, pick by the Colts. He'll never work. In the draft. Yeah. <laughs> He'll never amount to anything. I guess a, a bum. He'll be just like Sarsaparilla. No, it'll be just like the Flight Brothers flying machine. Excuse me. <laughs> what does that do, Sarsaparilla? <laughs> well, you know, Carousel Progress. I was trying to remember what he says it'll never work for. It was the flying <laughs> it'll machine. It'll never work. Not it'll root never beer. work. <laughs> Root beer is what they were calling sarsaparilla now. That's right. It's same thing, different name. Uh, the number one movie, uh, City of Angels, and the number one song, Never Next, by Too Close. Sing, yep, me, a, no sing me some bars, AJ. I got nothing. All right. <laughs> Next, as they say. Next. Yes. All right. So to explore the history of this attraction, we need to go back. Not all the way back, but just some to of the way To the Crustaceous period? <laughs> <laughs> That's, no, no. that's too close to the asteroid that wiped out most life forms on Earth. <laughs> no, well, that no, worked out pretty well. We should, we should, we should to the early 90s. It's okay. Uh, okay. What dinosaurs were around then? Aside from Bob Dole. Michael Eisner. 
Jurassic Park. That's about it. <laughs> Actually, that's going to be important. So, uh, you know, we're, 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 we're working on Animal Kingdom, and boy, is it getting expensive. Uh, turns out it costs a lot of money to uh, house uh, animals backstage 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it kind of annoyed Eisner because they were spending all this money on infrastructure that guests would just never, ever see. Uh, so not, it, not until it, they buy Nash, uh, uh, National Geographic years later and make a documentary series for their streaming service. Yeah, now they're cashing in on it. Uh, lovely series, by the way. Everyone should watch mm-hmm. that. Anyway, uh, and of course, you know, we're still coming off of the Euro Disney disaster, so budgets are getting cut all over the yeah, place. The, the Disney decade lost a bit of oomph after that. Yeah, so... Everyone kind of knows famously about the Beastly Kingdom. If you're listening to this show, I assume you've heard of it. But if you haven't, uh, it is a proposed land that would have gone where uh, Pandora, the world of Avatar, currently is. That would have focused on mythological creatures. And for years and years, and still around the park to this day, I believe, you can see a dragon feature into a lot of the signage of the animals around the park. Uh, It was in all the marketing materials. There were dragons, there were dinosaurs, and there were all the other kind of typical animals you see at the park today. Even when the park opened, there were some stuff with that river cruise ride. Yeah, there Um, were. I mean, this was supposed to happen. This was supposed to be day one, and then it was like, it'll be phase two, so pretty soon, so we can still hype it up. And yeah, like, because, you know, the idea was, well, we have all these real animals, but we need, you know, rides that we can theme around something a bit more exciting. So that's, you know, dragons and dinosaurs. Right, so this was seen as their way of of differentiating themselves just from the typical zoo that you could go to in any major city in the country. Like, they didn't want people to compare a $150 Animal Kingdom ticket to a $15 zoo ticket in, you know, Pittsburgh. Uh, So they had the Beastly Kingdom concept and the Dinoland concept, and Eisner decides, we're going to go with one of these. So everyone, pitch me your best stuff, but keep in mind, I need to save some money. (laughs) So... Both teams of Imagineers go to work, and it kind of creates this big competition between the two of them. So, the original plans for Dinoland called for two attractions. The first was an e-ticket roller coaster called the Excavator. Now, this would have been a steel coaster with a wooden facade, similar to the Incredicoaster at California Adventure, that would have gone uh, around and through an inactive dig site. There would have been no dinosaurs on this attraction. Instead, you would have seen artisan dinosaurs that are made from like old digging equipments like statues and stuff and the big finale of the ride was you race past an excavator that resembled a t-rex that lunged at your train as it went by it it fits the theme of the land because dinoland usa is a modern day land it's where they find dinosaur bones and that's why all this stuff is built around it so unless there's time portal shenanigans which is the case for countdown to extinction you can't have real dinosaurs right and and there's concept art for this yeah, yes. out there. It's really interesting. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it's can. funny how like it looks like a T-Rex, but a machine. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to say if it would have been hokey or cool. I'm sure cool. Because you kind of like, you want dinosaurs, right? Me being the wimp that I am, I'm glad that this isn't the E-ticket they went with. Right. <laughs> now, there would have also been a D-ticket dark ride that did involve time travel. This didn't get, must have had as much development. I never found a name for it or anything. Uh, basically, got into an ankylosaurus-shaped ride vehicle, went through some kind of time portal, the attraction would have been both indoors and out. And you would have just slowly moved past audio animatronic dinosaurs. It kind of sounds like Navi River Journey-ish in terms of exactly. scale. Exactly. You know, it wasn't a water ride, but yeah, exactly. Right, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, so what, what's an ankylosaurus again? Remind me here. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, you can Google it if you want. Perhaps I will. Uh, okay, go right ahead. So... 
here's how Dinosaur basically won out over Beastly Kingdom, as we know is the case. I like I could see Mike is highlighting in our Google yeah, Doc the word It's like, wait, this would be a terrible ride vehicle. He's that tur- He's like that guy with the spiky like back with all the bumps and everything. That'd be so uncomfortable. Oh, that guy. Well, I, I assume it would have been hollowed out. With a big tail. <laughs> well, that's okay, his okay, only distinguishing feature is all the spikes. He's got a big tail. Yeah, that's a big weird, that's a tail. weird choice. Of all the ones to choose, that is a bit uh, odd. Uh, Continue. So, as we know, and as we mentioned, in 1995, Jurassic Park came out and took the world by storm. And dinosaurs. 1995. Were crazy that's not right. Popular. Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park didn't come out in 95. Go it came ahead, out in look it up. Oh, I'm looking it up. Are you sure? I, know. I thought it was 95. I don't. I think you are absolutely wrong. 1993. Points for Mikey. Oh, son of a gun. All right, fine. Look at me here. <laughs> it, it happens. It happens. Yeah, your favorite job. All right, first 93. You don't know, first, wait, wait. Now, come on. First, you don't know what an ankylosaurus is. Now, you think Jurassic Park came out in 98. Next, you're going to be telling me that Mickey I is a doctor. I said 95. Like, my, for, for all the times that we find typos in your articles for your website, well, I, don't I don't want to hear, hear it. it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I just say, two strikes. This might be a Mikey episode soon. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> So yeah, anyway, it was still super popular. Dinosaur t- toys are flying off the shelf still. So like dinosaurs were in vogue in the 90s, thanks to yes. Jurassic Park. Uh, they're also, you know, kind of revisiting the uh, idea of a dinosaur animated film. And we'll dive into some details of that later. So they knew they had a, a shot at synergy coming up. But the thing that really did it is the Imagineers working this land decide, okay, well, Eisner's never going to go for this roller coaster. He wants to save money. They just opened, now this was 1995, may as well I got myself mixed up, the Indiana Jones Temple of the Forbidden Eye at Disneyland using the EMV system. And we have an episode all about that you can go back and check out. So they decided, okay, let's combine these two ideas, a a dark ride with dinosaur AAs and a thrill ride into one attraction, utilizing the ride technology from Forbidden Eye, even down to the track layout, so that our R&D is minimal. We're just rebuilding that, but changing the interior. And that kind of starts to win Eisner over. So they start working on this. And early concepts were like even like more ambitious, though. Like Even though they use the same ride layout, they want to get much more intricate with it. Um, a good early example I found is concept art, where you have the suspension bridge and Temple of Forbidden Eye. There would have also been like a bridge scene, where on one side of the bridge is a... Uh, some kind of seropod with a long neck, like looking over the bridge, we'll a T Rex coming towards it. Yeah, I don't know. It's not a brontosaurus. That's not a real thing. Everyone's got to remember that. Uh, yeah, and you would have like driven past these dinosaurs on like a rickety like vine bridge, basically. Yeah, it's really cool. I I had no idea this was the thing. I've yeah, never seen this. This scene kind of exists now. Like there is still like that neck of a sauropod there, but right, and, and it's it is in that part of the ride track that would be the quote unquote bridge. But it's so much darker now and less detail. It's not well, clear. There's, you're there's on no a bridge. bridge. There's nothing underneath you or anything. It's just a straight right. piece of road, and you know. Yeah. It? So yeah, this would have been more defined as like a big open space on a bridge. Um, but yeah, again, still too much. Uh, the other thing that really changed is, you know, originally, like, the excavator looked like a T-Rex. This was going to have T-Rex as well. The movie was going to have the Carnotaurus. So we have to have the Carnotaurus now. I mean, it's probably uh, for the best. The T-Rex is so heavily tied to Jurassic Park Yeah, that was part of it, too. And don't forget, too, in 19... I think this is also 95. I didn't write it down. But that's when the Jurassic Park River Journey in Hollywood Studios, Universal, um, opened up. And they had... 
the T-Rex animatronic there. So that okay. was still, it was still, you know, Islands of Adventure wouldn't come till 99, a year after this opened. So they had like a leg up on the East Coast, but they were competing with what existed out West. So Dinoland itself actually has a pretty cool story. Um, most of this makes it into the, the land as we know it today. It's just, Wait, it's so, all. So, so uh, just one thing. So this obviously eventually won and Beastly Kingdom went away. Right. Right. It would be cool to do. Yeah, I'll do an episode about that someday. But I, I, oh, sure. I was like, I was like the story of how the Beastly Kingdom, the Imagineers for the for that concept, kind of went to work with Universal and Islands of Adventure. Yeah, that's how we got most of uh, Lost Continent. Yeah. Anyway, continue. Okay, so Dinoland's story, like I said, it's there, but it's all kind of very subtle world building. Like you have to kind of go looking for this stuff, but it does exist. So basically, Dinoland is set in Diggs County in 1947. Well, after that, I had no idea. Yeah, 47 is when these fossils are discovered in the area. So a bunch of college professors, grad students, paleontologists all move in. Chester and uh, Hester? The, no, no, no. That comes later. Okay. <laughs> we're not, we're not going to talk about Chester and Hester. <laughs> They're hanging out with the college oh, professors. I got some things to say about Chester and Hester. <laughs> yeah, we, we can get to it. <laughs> They're an important uh, part of the story because they own the gas station. That right. becomes it become that becomes the gift shop. And then the money from that, they build the uh, much-loved... Uh, Little uh, midway Dinorama. station area, no. yeah, Dinorama. So the all these scientists take over the old fishing lodge, kind of set up as their dorm and cafeteria, and this is actually what Restaurant Source is. Oh. So if you if you really look at Restaurant Source, we checked this out last time we were all there together, but uh, you can see all the evidence. So yeah, yeah, like this is where the grad students hang out. There's the there's the airliner RV, and that is like. That belongs to the grad students. You could go sit inside and eat. Like, it's pretty neat if you look at all the stuff on the wall. So, yeah, then, like, locals in the area are attempting to cash in on the tourist trade coming off of Highway 498. That germ is what eventually leads to Hester and Chester. Uh, so you have all these paleontologists and students who are working this dig site for a while, and then they eventually raise the money to form and build the Dino Institute to be kind of a museum and research center uh, for the area, dedicated to the ideas of exploration, excavation, and exaltation. Until Dr. Helen Marsh is brought in as the Institute's leader. That's when everything changes. Ooh. Within days, she breaks ground on a new modern facility and acquires a mysterious technology company called Chronotech Incorporated. What could they be doing? Hey, you forgot, mm. you forgot to mention the most important part of Dinoland, the, uh, the Boneyard. Oh, yes, that was the old dig sites. And, and Which the, is you know, kind of like, I guess, kind of where the idea of the excavator turned into. Yeah, it would have gone yeah, through all that. Yeah, but now it's it, a very fun playground. I had a great time there. Uh, I had a miserable time well, there. When also, I was, where, <laughs> it's where Mike would hang out when you well, and I would do Countdown to Extinction. The, the first time, yeah, at first I was afraid of Countdown to Extinction, but because again I'm a wimp, so I went to the Boneyard, and it was like one of the hottest days of the year, and <laughs> you know it's just this brown, sandy, hot plastic <laughs> playground. Like Twelve and, years old. Yeah, kids were <laughs> dropping left and right. It was rough. <laughs> <laughs> They wouldn't let me take my margarita in there. <laughs> I was very oh, shocked. <laughs> so the Dino Institute serves as the queue for the attraction. So you, if, if the outdoor queue is open, you kind of wind around the outside of the building. And they have but like some your, statues and stuff of dinosaurs. Yeah, so as you're approaching, there there is a replica of the famous T-Rex um, fossil, Sally. Sue. And, uh, wow, or Sue. Sue. God. Oh! I've seen the real Sue. So Sue is the most complete T-Rex skeleton that we have. It was discovered um, uh, somewhere in the Midwest uh, by, by a paleontologist who was named Sue. So it was named after her. 
and there was a big bidding war for it, and the highest bidders were, it was a three-way thing between the Field Museum, where the original Sioux is now, McDonald's, and Disney. And McDonald's and Disney kind of teamed up, sort of, because they knew they could use it for Dinoland in some way. And in fact, some of the bones were worked on in an exhibit they had in Dinoland for a bit. And McDonald's was the original sponsor for Countdown to Extinction. Well, that's very neat. Nice insight. Yes. From 1998 to 2008, yeah. McDonald's yeah, so was if, the sponsor. If you're ever in Chicago, go to the Field Museum and check out Sue. It's an incredible mm-hmm. exhibit they have there. Yes, there was also uh, in the uh, uh, Infinity Pool fountain out front a Styracosaurus figure as you approached the building, and then you went inside the Dino Institute itself. And it was very much set up like an old-school Dino Museum, you know, little fossil remains and um, you know, little stations about different uh, life of the Cretaceous period. Then you move into the main rotunda, and that's where the fossilized remains of the Carnotaurus are. Uh, and as you're in there, there's also a display about the asteroid that impacted, and every so often Bill Nye would come on and give you a little narration about what happened, and murals would light up to illustrate what he's talking about. Yeah, this is this, this doesn't get a lot of love as far as cues go, but it is a pretty cool one. I, I like this. It They really do capture that feeling of being inside of a natural history museum, exactly, right? Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, nowadays, you don't even really have an—they don't keep you in that room at all. They never do the switchbacks, from what I Not remember. Not too much. Well, this, I mean, right at the first, room. the lines for this used to be really long. Yeah. Sometimes well, it can still be long. Fast kind of bypasses half of that fast, room, yeah, too. Fast, so. fast, and I was like, this is kind of lower down the totem pole when it comes to the biggest rides oh, yeah. in Animal Kingdom now. Remember pre-Fast yeah. Pass Edge guy waiting that whole thing? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, we heard that spiel quite a bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I bet the spiel you've heard even more is the briefing room, uh, where you the, finally get to meet Dr. Uh, Alan Marsh, played by Felicia Rashad, and Dr. Grant Seeker. That is Grant Seeker. Get it? Yeah, played by it. Wallace Langham. So, uh... You go into the room. This is, you know, Disney was all about these these pre-show videos yeah. in the late '90s. Everything had a test track and mission space, um, rock and roller coaster. Yes. So this later. was directed by Jerry Reese, who was known as the uh, for his film The Brave Little Toaster. You oh, may have heard nice. of that. Uh, written by Steve Siegel and director of photography was Reed Smoot. And again, if you've ever ridden this ride, you're very familiar with this pre-show. Basically, the gist is this. Uh, we won't have to go over the whole script, but Dr. Helen Marsh welcomes you to the center, says you hope to enjoy the quaint old exhibit in the you know, the old wings. Now we're going to send you on the Time Rover. And in the original incarnation, when this was still a McDonald's sponsorship, she'd always go, thanks to a generous grant from McDonald's Corp. <laughs> Which yeah. always made me laugh, because like, well, thank God all those Big Macs I've been eating. Yeah, Funding time helps. travel. and you. (laughs) So she explains how you're going to get on this thing, go back in the early Cretaceous period, drive around, check out some dinosaurs, and then you go over to Dr. Seeker for your safety information. He's explained to you that he is tagged an iguanodon that, for whatever reason, he believes is the key to understanding these dinosaurs. I mean, we have a time machine. We can go look at them whenever we want, but this guy... Of course. This is the guy. If there there is a plot hole, which it's silly to complain about the plot hole, but yeah, that's the one. Like, why does it have to be this specific dinosaur <laughs> at the worst possible moment? Yeah, because it's not dinosaur? just that it's this dinosaur. It's him, like, right when the asteroid's about to hit. Like, couldn't we go, like, 
the day before. In or even <laughs> 10 extra minutes. What I mean, something. He makes a point that he went already and tagged the dinosaur so we could get it. I was like, why didn't you just, <laughs> well, just get it? Yeah. It's we not like, like we're grabbing him and dragging him along. <laughs> it was an unauthorized field trip, you see. So then That's Dr. Right. Marsh comes in and is like, uh, 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 everything's locked in the secure coordinates and That's go back right. to we're access talking denied. about seatbelts. <laughs> Seatbelts. Wear them. Use them. I do like that, yeah. He's like over it. He tells you not to use flash photography and then he I wouldn't. Hits... <laughs> I'm sorry. I've seen this thing so many times. Like, he does a good job, it, it's but awful. it is like it is like this thing's about this thing's as long as the ride. And uh, at least when there's a pre-show for a movie, like like in the Muppets, right? You get it because the thing's the same length as the movie because you're waiting for the movie to finish. Here, you're just waiting to get to another part of the line. Yeah, there's yeah. something there's something about this one where I'd rather just skip it and stand in line and stare at nothing than watch I mean, this I, anymore. I've just seen it. So it's well done. I've seen it so many times yeah. and it is long. Yeah, it is the oldest surviving one right now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just wish that was an option. Let, let me just stand somewhere and not well, watch this. What we this. always do is we <laughs> call it the Minotti Shuffle and worked our way to the exit door through the crowd. Yeah, but you're still suffering in that room. Yeah, but it, right. it, it, it is like one of the reasons why, even if there's no line, you maybe wouldn't just want to go do this right four times in a row. Because it's like, I got to watch this five yeah, minute yeah, video. Yeah, that is a bottle <laughs> Right. Uh, but yeah, anyway, he pushes three keys on a keyboard and overrides the security protocols. Yeah, pretty easy, and, uh, it turns out. He says, don't worry about that asteroid. You'll be in and out before it even breaks the atmosphere. And then those Lies. famous words, trust me, <laughs> what could happen? You lie. So uh, you go into the underground research facility where the time rovers are actually kept. I, I love this loading station, actually. And this just goes back to my love of industrial things. I just love things where there are, like, pipes and everything looks kind of, like, really, like, gritty. Like, yeah, people are actually working here. And it has that really fun detail from the McDonald's time of yeah, there's like the, the white, red, and yellow tubes yeah, that have like yeah. chemical like things on them, and it's ketchup, mustard, and mayonnaise is what yeah, it actually is. The actual is, chemical right? components of it. Yeah, yes. that's um, neat. There's also signage on the wall. I I forgot to post a picture, but it, it says like CTX AK. 1998 or something like that, like to, yeah. you know, because it's Animal Kingdom. Uh, the, the rovers are actually marked as CTX time rovers, CTX countdown to extinction. And these are the exact same vehicles that you get in Indiana Jones. They're 12 passenger off road EMVs. It doesn't have the fake steering wheel that Indiana Jones has. Which They're is dressed a, shame. a little differently, yeah. but yeah, they well, are functionally they? the exact same vehicles. Oh, because he's remote control. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I mean, yeah. it makes some sense. Yeah. Supposedly nobody would ever actually just drive these themselves. Although you think sometimes a manual component might be necessary. <laughs> might be nice. Well, turns out, it, you know, that would have been good in the experiences in the ride. So here's what's important to, to note because Cathode Extinction existed for two years. And we've been riding this ride a lot. Wow, it was like, only two years. 2000 is when it switches wow. over. Wow. And I found audio from the original Countdown to Extinction. Now, it's hard to find video because, I mean, we just didn't have the cameras to film this in 1998. You know, it's just dark. Yeah, this ride's um, very dark. Yeah, but there is clean audio of the original narration. I forgot how different it is. Really? Like, Interesting. Really, like, basically, Seeker is much more of a callous jerk. He does not seem to care about your safety at all. Uh, which kind of explains his tone a little bit better in the pre-show, really. It kind of works better with the way that goes. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll post a link uh, in the show notes and on Twitter. We'll, we'll get up uh, a version I found. So I'm going to go through the ride here, and uh, I'll, I'll mention some of the little different changes to the script as we hit them. Uh, so this is the original version of the ride with original effects all working. Um, you avoid your time travel uh, machine, your rover. 
you go through a security scan and that's when alarms start going off because they realizes you're on different coordinates but seeker kind of interjects pushes you through into the time tunnel i that's like not, the time no, tunnel that, yeah but that whole thing with the security that's not in the modern right is it it's there. It's all that stuff that's on the wall there. And there's like a spinning yeah. red light. It, it's a little subtle. Like I guess you, I, I guess didn't really pick up on it. Yeah. Right. Exactly. People like, like you just think it's just like like the launch warning or something. Yeah, yeah. I always did. Yeah. Does anyone yeah, else so, have to have to block their ears for this? Isn't it way too loud? It, it, I, I think it's an appropriately loud. I think it because mm-hmm. like, you have to kind of sell that effect of time traveling yeah. somehow. Like, I, and, I, I, I always have my ears covered. I just I can't. So it's take all it. it's all designed to disorient you to help the transition work. So basically, oh, you go into this big metal corridor with flashing lights and glowing coiled panels and they do this cool effect where it fills up with fog and the rover feels as if it's kind of like floating like you're kind of like weaving and wavering through the air as you travel through this thing there's a big green laser curtain that opens up ahead to obscure your vision of the other side of the tunnel and as you get to the end there's a big flash of light and the rover feel it has this feeling like it just plops onto the ground and you land on the road and your eyes kind of are blinded for a second by this flash but as you adjust you're like oh we're in a jungle Cool. Okay, we travel through time. Like it's a pretty good effect. Yeah, that I, I oh, really like. Yeah, no, um, it's great. And this is in Indiana Jones. This is right where that the kind of tunnel before you see the IR yeah, is. Yeah, right. Yeah, this is where you would have seen the eye and turned left. Um, so this first room I found out has the largest fog machine ever used in a theme park attraction for this kind of first main room. Hmm. And this is where we get to see our first dinosaurs. So you know the computers call them out as we see most of them here. Uh, you see a Styracosaurus, which you would probably mistakenly call a triceratops. Uh, there's an Alioramus eating a Brachiochampsa. That's actually yeah, that was always that's rough a big, as a kid. That freaked me out as a kid. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, I don't know, see it's, that. it's pretty. It's cool, a good though. effect. It looks good, but it did freak right. me it's out. Like, oh, that could be us. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, then she calls out a hadrosaur. Uh, it's actually a Parasolophorus. I'm gonna try to butcher these. That's pretty good. Names, oh, so but, they got it wrong. Wow, they're just like you. Well, I think it's like the generalized name. So, for example, like you see a velociraptor, but the computer just says raptor. Okay. Now, all these dino animatronics are unique in that they all run at 3,000 PSI pressure. Chris, you're the engineer. Is that a lot? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty good for animatronics like that. Well, they're pretty big. Right, and this this one allows such smooth movement from all of them. So um, the rubber skin alone on some of these AAs can weigh up to 500 pounds. And to give you an idea, there's 11-ish, which I'll talk about at the end, uh, dino animatronics in all throughout the attraction. Now, this is something that's only in the original version, which I didn't even know was a thing. So, you know, like, as you're going through the attraction, you can see little meteorites breaking the atmosphere, and they create little light effects to show them. Well, originally, a meteorite struck the vehicle, which Man, was done with a combination no of a flashing light, yeah, like I the vehicle would lurch, and there's a sound effect. That's what knocks you off course originally. Does the seeker even say anything in the dialogue? Yeah, so he acknowledges it like the computer says, like meteorite impact. Um, it says something about the control being disrupted. Seeker's trying to regain control. This is why you end up in front of the Carnotaurus the first time, because uh. you got knocked off course. Huh. So this is your first encounter with the Carnotaurus. Now, the Carnotaurus is a real dinosaur. For some reason, as a kid, I always assumed that it was a made-up dinosaur because of the movie or something. Like, I don't, I don't know what that was, right? So I just kind of assumed it, it, it was, was not real. Uh, but it is. The problem is it is much bigger in the ride than it would have been in real life. Uh, they, they jacked it up quite a bit. Oh, that's and, fine. you got to make the yeah, dinosaur. Yeah, right. yeah. So Imagineers jokingly referred to it as a subspecies of the Carnotaurus called the Carnotaurus robustus floridana. <laughs> I see. 
So that's what we're looking at here. So you get uh, away from the Carnotaurus, you go over what would have been the suspension bridge, and that's where you find the sauropod, which is actually a saltosaurus. Of course. And this is always weird because, like, it's like, you know, a long-necked dino, its face is up against you, but uh, there's, like, this weird star field behind it where its body would be to, like, I guess it's supposed to obscure that right. there's no body, I, but why is yeah. that there? So there's so much darkness in this, right? And it, and it works and it makes sense, but it, it is also to kind of obscure the fact that there's not a lot of detail I mean, just think about that part earlier where you saw, like, the dinosaur eating the other dinosaur. The right is very directly directing your attention to the right, because there is nothing on the left. Yeah, nothing at all. Yeah, I feel like just, like, some plants to obscure its body instead of, like, this weird floating star field would (laughs) have looked a little nicer. Yeah, and I mean, it is also, it's pretty clear that this is just the neck of a dinosaur, which, I mean, I thought I'd expect them to build the whole body below. It it works. It barely works, but it works. Uh Uh-huh. So anyway, you drive off from him, uh, you start to see some pterodactyls perched up, and then uh, you've, you kind of have one swoop in at you, and then the computer calls out pterodactyl. This is actually a ceridactylus. Uh, of course. Uh, now this one, it actually used to swoop, is what you're it telling used, me. It used to swoop, and then you dove under it. Because this and effect right now in, in Dinosaur is awful. It's, it's one of awful. the worst ride effects. Yeah, in Disney, <laughs> yeah it, it's not great. It's, it's just stationary, and they just like flash light on it for a second as you go under it, and they have a Incoming. cheap sound effect, and it is like not, <laughs> yeah, not, not great. Well, and the same kind of effects being done at Indiana Jones too with that one. That well, oh, that, well, this is right where the spike, the the snake is in Indiana Jones, and that thing's yeah, exactly. moving at least. It's kind of a cheap looking snake, but it's moving. This thing is right. literally just yeah, a statue of a ter- of a ter- excuse me, a ceridactylus. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it is what it is. I mean, again, back in the day, it used to actually swoop at you, and you kind That's of dove something. under. Well, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Isn't it a safety thing because it's a suspended, you know, mechanical? No, it just part. stopped working. Okay. And they just bolted it to the ceiling. That's I always thought it was a safety reason. No. Uh, so the, technically what's supposed to be going on here is like you're just sliding down a mudslide, basically. And as you're going down, these Comstagonathus are leaping over you. The original effect was pretty cool. They um, run basically an articulating, rotating arm, and they just kind of spun over you, but they would illuminate them at the right time, so it looked like they were like leaping overhead. Yeah, I've um, seen videos very, of this effect, and it did look cool. Yeah. You kind of, this is just all darkness now, right? Um, well, well I'm, I'm talking about the parts that are broken later, so we'll, sorry, we'll get to sorry. that. No, you're fine. Uh, so you I kinda, beg for forgiveness. Yeah, yeah. So you get Not down to given. the bottom of this mudslide, and the rover's stuck in the mud, and who should show up but the Carnotaurus? Oh, no. So he shows up on your left, gives a mighty roar. Um, Seeker you know, activates the four-wheel drive, floors it, and, and one of my favorite effects of any attraction... <laughs> The Carnotaurus appears to take those first few steps forward to start chasing after you before it's out of and sight. And the most terrifying, I'd say. Yeah, this it, it yeah. Was rough. that is a great effect. Yeah, that oh, it's perfect. that looks awesome. And it's kind of neat because you always kind of like look behind your shoulder, but to see it following you still. Right, it's really cool. And what they would do originally is the audio would go from the AA figure to the in-car audio, and they would keep it like it was on your tail the whole time you're like weaving through this dark jungle. Um, then it would kind of run ahead of you. Your power goes out because you use too much, and the computer says something about you know power levels critical. That's when the Carnotaurus gets in front of you, does this big roar. This is the photo op, and this is 
one of the most genuinely terrifying moments in an attraction, it, it like really, second only to Alien I still, Encounter. I still vi- re- remember the first time we did this in being oh, the truly picture. terrified. We look par- yeah, we look yes. paralyzed with like, fear. It's truly. great. And oh, it's I, great. I think one of the reasons why I was so afraid of this ride, because at first I was just my normal amount of afraid, so I wanted you guys to scope it out. And I saw your picture and how f- scared everybody looked. I was like, no way am I doing that. It's yeah, terrifying. The shock value of that moment was was definitely worth it. It's good. I mean, it's a yeah, huge it's so AA figure. It's very loud. It's, um, it's right it's, there. It's a too, very man. cool setup. Uh, but as the uh, current torch is about to eat you, there's an earthquake and more meteorites are hitting, and that is, uh, supposedly is what distracts him, giving you time to now take your recharge vehicle and drive off. Uh, we see the iguanodon. There he is. He's holding up the tree that would have blocked our path. How nice of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seeker, uh, in this original version, is like, hey, you got him. Great. <laughs> like, doesn't care that you're about to get pulverized. Uh, you would see a laser net go across the iguanodon, indicating that you have him in your time field. Ah, don't remember. And in that. the original ending, you actually, I believe, it was just like a projection effect on the ceiling. You saw the meteor coming, like literally right at you. Like you were like yeah. at the point where it hits, and then that's when you duck down underneath and you end up back in the uh, time tunnel. And uh, at this point, Seeker says something like, "Now you can worry." And then you boom, flashback into the present. And again, I love the effect when you reappear in the time tunnel because again, you're going, you're like on all this bumpy road, you're driving around, and then you just like hit flat ground all yeah. of a sudden. <laughs> again, really cool effect the way they, they handle that. Uh, so you come out in the man, time man, tunnel. How long did it take us to realize that the iguanodon was saving us? Yeah, I never quite it caught was, that the right? first few times I, that I it was mean, like holding up the in, tree. I mean, honestly, even in the past like five years, we just like kind of realized yeah, he was I think, doing I, that. I think it's sooner than that I figured out, but it is a, a subtle thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you can see there's a close close circuit TV camera um, that is showing the iguanodon running through the facility. You can see Seeker running around trying to find it. Security's running around. Doctor Marsh is shouting on the radio. Um, they were originally going to use a Pepper's Ghost effect to show the iguanodon with you in the time tunnel. Oh wow! Oh, literally, cool. literally like the end of uh, Haunted, Haunted Mansion. Mansion yeah. Right, but uh, they, yeah, that, that, did, that didn't chilling. make it. <laughs> So yeah, that is kind of the original version of um, Countdown to Extinction. Of course, now what caused most of the changes to happen would be the eventual op- uh, opening and release of Dinosaur the movie. And they always planned for this to be a time because you know there, you have the Iguanodon, you have the uh, Carnotaurus, so it's not like they re-themed this thing around the movie, but they kind of right. they leaned heavier into it once the movie came out a couple years later. Yeah, it's weird that like they didn't do all that in advance like maybe like i don't think the movie was far enough along or whatever um were, were well, they just could have worried about well, box office return so they didn't want to like fully well, no because i mean you know it. it was still two years before the release of the movie and this ride opened um so that's still a lot of time for the movie to change and it's weird cause they, they would do this where like the movies the, the rides based off the movies would actually come out before the movie uh, the same thing happened with it's it's tough to be a bug that was a full year before or, or so, yeah. at least a, a yeah. bit before the uh, complete opposite happens like now. actually came out. So it's like a big risk, right? And it, yeah. you kind of see that here, where you know not that many people remember Dinosaur the movie. Now you got to wait for the sequel to do well before yeah. you get it right. Yeah, before you ever uh, <laughs> get an attraction. I mean, how long did it take to get a Ratatouille ride in Epcot? Right? Yeah. Yeah. True. Uh, so yeah, this movie uh, came out May nineteenth of two thousand, and. Um, its roots go back much further than I ever realized. It was originally conceptualized by um, oh shoot, what's the name? I didn't write it down. Uh, what, I believe it's it like a Harryhausen kind of thing. Like Not Harryhausen. Uh, uh, Harry Tippett. There it is. Um, who, Still Harry though. 
Yeah, he was he was kind of the guy who who did like a lot of the stop motion for like Star Wars. You know, worked on like oh, the AT and stuff like that, right? Yeah, but all yeah. inspired by Harryhausen effects, kind of. Yes, thing. yes, yes. So, um, his idea th- to work with Disney on on this dinosaur movie was a hybrid of dinosaurs using stop motion, and the 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 little monkey dudes were still part of the plot, but they were going to be actors in suits. Oh God! So, wow. God only knows what this would have looked like, right? But, oh, looked man. but it, it makes sense because one of the one of the early like Harryhausen popular movies was like, the Lost World, right? Which was mm-hmm. like dinosaur effects, and, so, right. and of course, there's dinosaurs in King Kong too. So it, it's been a thing for a while, right? Um, so yeah, so the original plan for this movie was a Styracosaurus named Woot and a T Rex named Gronzi. Uh, these names, the, I like and Gronzi. But it should be noted the, the dinosaurs did not talk. You know, and uh, this had the very happy ending of even after Woot defeats Gronzi, the meteor comes anyway and everyone dies. Oh, jeez! So, so it's like the TV show Dinosaur. It's like the show, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so anyway, this is shelved for a number of reasons. Kind of the bleak setup, the costs involved in making it, and a little movie called Little Mermaid came out that really kind of changed what they were focusing on. Right. Um, but. In developing Fantasia 2000 and their experimentations with CG in that production, they're like, well, wait a minute. So we got this CG going. Jurassic Park was a big hit. Let's go back to Dinosaur. So they revitalize the project, make some changes. First of all, it's changed to an Iguanodon and a Carnotaurus. Uh, the story is made much less bleak. Not, you know, there's, no, there's no extinction event at the end. Ooh. The extinction event's ma- at the beginning, actually. <laughs> yeah. It so opens yeah, with make- a meteor landing. It was, but that's not the meteor. It's a meteor. Although I've seen the oh, really? the, the, the the analysis done is if that meteor were to actually hit, it would have been big enough to just basically destroy the planet. But like in right. the movie, it like kind of takes out their island and like the surrounding area, kind of, and that's it. <laughs> um, but this movie made a very interesting deci- decision that was groundbreaking for the time, where all the background plates were shot on location, mostly Venezuela, some other locations like Hawaii, but it's all live action um, photography and video work. And then the dinosaurs are CG layered on top. Man, it's like a modern Lion King uh, remake. Yeah, yeah. So if you watch this movie today, and I didn't watch the whole thing, I skimmed through it and saw like kind of the major moments. It doesn't look great. <laughs> I mean, where, where it doesn't work is the lighting doesn't look quite right, so the characters never feel connected to the background if it's, a sh- if it's a shot where you can't see anyone's feet it looks okay but the second you have like a long shot you're like ah that dinosaur is not there it's it's just superimposed cg <laughs> um but for its time this was you know impressive stuff the the original teaser trailer was literally just the first five minutes of the movie and this floored people like it was it was a huge hit right um it's like what's um, interesting what, Okay. It's like the uh, Two Towers uh, teaser at their secondhand lines. You remember yes. that? <laughs> you see the first so, like 15 minutes of the movie. Exactly. Not what that was at all. No, it was just a huge preview, right? Yeah, it wasn't it was. 15 yeah. minutes, but That's yeah, it was right. a chunk. So the interesting thing, though, about those first five minutes of the movie, nothing, no dinosaurs talk. It's still a silent film. Now, Mike Eisner, of course, wants this to be more commercially viable. So he insists the dinosaurs have to talk. Uh, at one point, there was even talk of doing it kind of like, um, uh, like, like the way Her- Homeward Bound did it, where like they talk, but their mouths don't really move. Yeah. But it's like, eyes is like, no, they're just going to talk like cartoons. So that's what we get. Um, this ends up being the most expensive movie made in the year 2000. And 
even though it wasn't like a huge hit by today's standards, like it didn't have staying power, it turned a decent profit thanks to I, I, what, else what people kind of call the Avatar effect. Um, just because it looked so incredible, people went and saw it. I'm, and, sh- you know, I'm, shocked, it made a, I'm shocked it made a profit because I feel like I don't know anybody who saw this movie aside from us three. I, I no, did not see it. I have not seen it. You didn't see it? Okay, no. so Chris never didn't seen even it? see it. I've Jeez. never seen it. I, I saw it. You two saw it in theaters, and I remember yes. I, could, I didn't go for some reason. I did see it in theaters. And I, I, I tell you what. I remember the opening sequence with the meteor. That's that's mm-hmm. very well done and exciting. I remember the rest of the movie being kind of dull. Well, it's kind of, of kind of an ape off of the land before time. That's I mean, the problem. It's it's almost too similar because yeah, it basically becomes about a bunch of migrating dinosaurs looking for like a promised land, and they're being yeah. chased by a, a, a big scary dinosaur. Two big scary dinosaurs, Mike. Oh, there's more. There, oh, I there, there's, there's two carn. There's two carnivores. Okay. So, so it's like Land Before Time uh, 2. Or which one yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> With the two um, T-Rexes. Of course, the difference here is is <laughs> so you got Aladar, your, your main Iguanodon main character, who's raised by these little monkeys on this island where his egg gets dropped in the beginning. It's like Tarzan. Um, and you know the the herd is migrating, but there's the older dinosaurs who are who can't keep up, and the kind of tough as nails leader of the herd is saying, you know, leave them behind. Only the strong survive, and Alador refuses to leave them, so he helps them. And in doing so, kind of finds the back entrance that they needed to find to the uh, nesting grounds. Saves everybody. You know, mostly happy ending. A couple people die. Hey, spoilers. Uh, Actually, big big body count in this movie for a Disney film. If you really look at it, a lot of dinosaurs get taken out in this movie. Oh man! I, oh yeah. How do you how do you feel about this actually being considered like one of the numbered Disney feature well, animation? Did, they did. They didn't Wait. start considering it one until about two thousand eight when they kind of retroactively really? was like, "Yeah, it sure it counts." Are you? Ser- I did not know that. Wow. Yeah. But yeah, now it's it's part of the official count. What, what are it's, we up to that's now? That's kind like, of weird, especially with, six or especially since it doesn't have like. You know, drawn backgrounds or even computer right. animated backgrounds. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. it's a it's a weird. I mean, it's an interesting hybrid. I mean, um, again, technologically big deal. Um, this was a, a, done in large part by this special effects house that Disney built after some acquisitions called Secret Lab. And in fact, uh, like like everyone else, Disney kind of used to pick on this group as like being the new guys who didn't know what they were doing. This is why in Emperor's New Groove. Um, uh, Cusco kind of puts a little garlic on it when he says, "Yeah, Isma's got her secret lab. I'll All just right. go down there." Yeah, like that was like supposed to be a dig at the secret lab oh. like effects department. Poor guys, man. Yeah, yeah. So they didn't last long, you know. They, they they eventually shut down. They just started using ILM for everything, and now they own ILM, so it's great. Right and there, you yeah, go. Yeah. So, uh, also, and I, I didn't know this. There's like there's like that that the, the herd leader who's kind of like he's like kind of an antagonist. He's voiced by Samuel Wright, who is the voice of Sebastian. But he's not. Really? You know, he, yeah, he's just doing like his kind of, I guess, normalish voice. So he Jeez. sounds like you know, a gruff and tough old guy. Okay. And not huh. you know, a Jamaican crab. All right then, I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. Is, I mean, just aside from having a major ride inside of a theme park, there's like no references to this movie any and anything else in Disney, right? No. I mean, every so often you see there's there's two shots they like to use for this movie. There's the one where it's Aldar, like it's the, his reaction to seeing the meteor coming down. You can kind of see it reflecting in his eye, and there's the shot of him leaping into the water. They like to use those two shots in montages. I, yeah. I do remember That's when, about it. when when like Blu-ray was new, they like to use shots from this movie to like show it off in their like commercial montages like yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. right but yeah this is this is certainly one of the weirdest disney movies and it's weird that it wasn't a giant flop it wasn't a big hit either it, it was it did okay there's a ride based off it that's still around and like nobody 
has seen this movie, I feel like. And I'm kind of curious to hear what other people think if they want to tell us. But again, it's, like, on, it's on Disney+. Plus. You can go yeah, watch it right I, I, now. I, I need to watch it, it again real soon. Yeah, I'm kind of I, excited. Because I, I actually am a big fan of Land Before Time, so even like 20 years ago, which is hard to believe when I saw this, I was like, yeah, this is just the worst version of Land Before Time, which I suspect <laughs> is still true, but I, I do want to see yeah. it again. Yeah, yeah. So this uh, th- this this movie prompts the ride to undergo some changes, and not just the movie, um, but it reopens as Dinosaur on May first in advance of the movie in the which, year two thousand. Which, let's be clear, is a much worse name. I mean, it's one of the problems with the movie is that Dinosaur is a really boring yeah, name, and now it's the not ride good is, SEO. No, no, it's not. So th- even back then, I was like, oh, it's just called Dinosaur now. That's kind of boring. Yeah, I remember it bothered us, and yeah, yeah. It just didn't seem right. It's like if if Expedition Everest was just called Yeti, or if Killer Jamar Safari was just called Animals, right. Uh, so some of the changes immediately off front, the Styracosaurus and the fountain is replaced by the Iguanodon Aladar, and there's like a little nameplate saying it's Aladar. That's fine. Uh, they 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 put some film footage into the pre-show, like when they're talking about you know, I, I tag this Iguanodon, like oh there's there's a shot from the movie Dinosaur. And the biggest change is instead of the meteor about to hit you as you travel through time, you get one final moment with the Carnotaurus. It's kind of a lame effect, where it's just a static head that just kind of slides forward at you. There's some strobe lights, and you duck under it. Yeah, it's not great. I think I think the meteor was better. Is it just sliding? F- so it's not like that incredible effect that Indiana Jones, where like the whole move is the whole room is moving. Is it just this? No, head no, moving? it's just on a mechanism. It just slides nah, forward. Nah. Yeah, that's all. Not not much to it. Um, so as I mentioned before, narration is completely re-recorded. There were like some continuous narration edits throughout the life of Countdown to Extinction, mostly for timing, I think. But they like just straight up re-recorded it for Dinosaur. Basically, they made Secret a little bit more concerned about us. Uh, he sounds more worried. It's I, I feel like his, deliver- tension. his delivery at the very end is pretty good. Like, they're not going to make it. They're not yeah. going to make it. Like, yeah, that, that it, kind of, that's one of those it. lines that sticks with you for sure. Mm-hmm. Even like, um, like there was a line originally where the computer tries to say like, you know, asteroid impact in ninety seconds. Computer, you worry too much. Like that was the original line. You know, now he's just he's trying to say like, all right, time to get serious. Locking on the coordinates now. You know, you're going through the jungle. Yeah, it makes left, sense. Left. I guess yeah, no, no complaints I, about that. I don't know. I do kind of like the indifferent seeker. Right? It's kind of funny. They, I think they both work. Um, I yeah, don't have any fine. problem with the, either narration, honestly. Now. A lot of these changes are made, and one of the other changes. So they're they're like, okay, we're releasing this dinosaur movie. It's you know, it, kids love dinosaurs. They're gonna see this movie. They're gonna want want to ride this ride, but they have to be forty six inches to ride it, and it's pretty scary. So they reduce the vehicle's movements. So they can take the height restriction forty six inches all the way down to forty inches. Boo, boo, and you know, make it less intense. Um, they actually, for, to make the second encounter with the Carnotaurus, where he chases you, less scary, they change the audio so that it sounds like we lose him, and he's no longer right behind us. And then the tension of that scene just becomes, we're just driving in the dark and Seeker's trying to navigate it. And but here's boring. the thing. I mean, Chris, you know, you, you and I have five-year-olds. Would you be like, yeah, kids, no. this is totally fine to ride. You like dinosaurs. Absolutely not. Unless it's like the parents who just also don't know because it's just a ride called Dinosaur. Mm-hmm. Um, they're kind of setting themselves up for failure, you know, with that name alone. 
Right. It's going for to be the unsuspecting it's, parent. It's still going to be scary, so they may as well have just kept leading into yeah. it a little well, bit more. And so, so they they kind of had the same problem they almost had when they got rid of Alien Counter for Stitch, where like, well, you didn't make it not scary enough for like families to be okay with it, but you made it less scary for the people who like that. So you kind of like didn't please anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially so, at this point now, do, do, was that ever reverted? Is it still some of it? Okay. Well, we'll and get there. So I'm sure. We'll get to that. Yeah. Um. So, you know, this is how it is from 2000 onwards, pretty much, but stuff starts breaking. And some of it's fixed, most of it's not. As we talked about, the pterodactyl just stops working, they just bolt it to the ceiling, it's awful. A light turns on, there's a pterodactyl, like, so clearly bad. on a pole Someday, from the ceiling, and you just go under with it. That. Yeah. I don't get it. Now, the Comstag and Athesis, those broke. They just kind of put them on the wall, and as you went by, they'd flash some spotlights on them so you'd see them, but they weren't moving at all. Uh, the the laser portal and the time tunnel stops working, so you could just see there's a jungle at the end of this hallway. Like we're just going over there. But the big thing, and I never knew about this, is the secret twelfth audio animatronic dinosaur in the attraction. Now everyone knows about the B mode of the Yeti in Expedition Everest, the Disco Yeti, as some call it. But Dinosaur has its own B-mode Carnotaurus for the finale. If for whatever reason that animatronic isn't working, and I don't know if they have a way of like getting it out of the area, too. If you look to your left, you can see this in the, in the course of the attraction. If the lights are flashing, you look in the right spot. Behind a tree is a head of the Carnotaurus on some kind of mechanism that just swings it forward. Now, I don't know to what extent this thing can actually move, if the mouth at least moves, or if it's just a static head. I found no video of this, just a couple pictures. So I'm guessing it doesn't get used too often, but it is like just this like head yeah. behind a tree. Do you recall ever seeing it? I never seen no, it, right? I didn't, like I said, I didn't even know it existed. It, look, it looks ah. like it moves forward quite a bit just from that arm. Like it looks like image. it's on like a little swinging mechanism to bring it forward. Yeah. Like I said, I don't know if like the mouth at least moves or if it just literally is like a head going. <laughs> zombie print. Yeah, zombie yeah. dinosaur. I almost would be curious to see it in action just to know what it looks like. Right. Yeah. But in 2016, the ride did get a refurbishment. Which fixed a couple things. Um, first of all, they did a, new, a decent, nice little change where to get rid of the broken Comstagonathuses, they did a projection effect of them leaping overhead. So it's like computer animated dinosaurs leaping overhead. So that's nice. Yeah, you know, that's, that's something. They also lights. brought back the green laser net on the iguanodon at the end for some reason. I did notice that came that because I didn't remember before. And I noticed when that was right. there, so I'm like, oh, okay, that's nice. Yeah. It's not new. It's a returning effect. Huh. Also, I saw some claims, and I never saw this um, officially substantiated, but people claim that some of the original intensity is back, and also the audio of the Carnotaurus chasing you is back. I yeah. don't remember this. I'm trying I to think when's the last time I even wrote it. I don't know if yeah, I've written it years. since 2000. I think I wrote since it once in 2017. Since we've gone with the kids, we probably haven't gone. I went on it. When we did that big trip, I went on it, but it was after being at Nomad Lounge and getting a green beer from... Uh, <laughs> Uh, from, so you uh, don't remember is what you're saying. <laughs> I, re- I remember being in the line and texting everybody. I remember I bought a safari hat on my way there. Oh, that safari hat. Yes, yes. Yeah. I don't remember. I can't tell you if the ride was more intense than when I had done it a few I'm years sure earlier. in the moment it was for you. Yeah, in the moment, I probably felt like I was just floating along looking at dinosaurs. I like, don't know. <laughs> I- I've seen you doing Gadget's Go Coaster. I know what you're like after a... That's when the camera was on. You got to ham it up a little. Oh, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, that's what it was. So a few other odds and ends about the attraction. There's cue music for the ride composed by Richard Bellis, but the ride itself has no music. 
And I remember finding audio of this years ago, like when I was still in high school, where someone took music from the movie with a soundtrack by James Newton Howard and superimposed it into audio from the attraction. I thought it worked pretty well. And I can't, I can't, I, I can't find that file, but I did find someone who recently did a similar thing where he took movie music, got a ride video and, and mixed it together. I thought they're not being this, music. Mike? I, it, think, yeah, I think it's fine, but it, yeah. it's, it's supposed to be a real, like, you know, scientific thing. It, you know, yeah, so, it's, it's not attention. like you're supposed to be riding a movie like the Indiana Jones ride, so of course you want the music there. This is, uh-huh. you know, you're, you're being sent back through time, and you're actually... But it's surprising, in... like, like I'll, I'll post this video I found this guy made. It it, it's, it syncs up surprisingly it, well. That movie has good music, too, so... But yeah, not even just them. the music, I mean, like, it synchronizes well ah, with the action. Okay. The way I don't know, like, how much editing he had to actually do, but it fits really, really well. Uh, the other thing, I forgot about this. I don't remember. I'm sure we saw it. I don't remember it. But there was an animatronic iguanodon that was part of the Discovery Riverboats attraction. I remember. Yeah, I've seen so, this before. So, yeah, you came around the waters by Dino mm-hmm. Land, and there's the iguanodon splashing what, what, in the water. What are the Discovery Riverboats, AJ? Riverboats. Riverboats, for people to remember. <laughs> so this was the, the river attraction that used to travel the, the, the waterways of Animal Kingdom. And you saw this iguanodon. You used to see fire coming out of some rocks by what was supposed to be Beastly Kingdom. Uh, you also That's what the, I was uh, apparently the only person who likes this ride. You also saw the the knights, the armor from the yes. that were yeah. killed by the dragon, which is a big. So gruesome. they 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 eventually turned into like the Radio Disney River Cruise for a little while, and then they just shut it down. And they, we, they we used the boats it. like characters will like go around like like percussion bands and stuff. Yeah. But yeah. F- yeah, future episodes someday. Yeah, did not last episodes. long. Well, we just talked about everything there's to talk about, so... No, disagree. <laughs> Hope, get ready for a two-hour spectacular oh, on Discovery Riverboats. But anyway, yeah, I mean, this is a pretty good figure. I, I found nice, uh, some videos yeah. of it. And, you know, it was well-articulated, splashed in the water. Uh, yeah, This was the Iguanodon you saved in the ride. Like, they didn't know what to do with it, so they just let it loose in the water, I guess. He's just yeah, like, it, it was a continuation of the story, yeah. It was supposed to literally be that Iguanodon. Like, it just escaped, and now it's yeah. just outside. Um, and interestingly, when they got rid of it, the, the skeletal structure of it ended up in the boneyard at the Hollywood Studios in Paris. Yeah, so th- Paris had their own backlot tour, uh, which is gone now. That's where they're building their, like, Frozen Land and their, I think their Galaxy's Edge even. So, yeah, that's uh-huh. right. Yeah. But so who knows where this is now? So lastly, there have been rumors for a number of years now that the plan is to eventually scrap Dinoland altogether, make a South America part of the park, theme it around Indiana Jones and do the quote-unquote easy conversion of this ride yes. into a clone of Temple yes, of the Forbidden Eye. Do it. I'm do you done. think that's ever going to happen? Land. I don't know. Pro- probably not now because of this past year. For if True. it would for you know a long time. But I think Dino Land has kind of run its course. See, I I just I like Dino Land a lot. I, I think like Dino Land is a too. really well themed thing. But, I do uh, think that maybe it the, despite the what I feel Hester side alone needs to go. At I least that. Despite what I feel, I do th- I do think maybe something's going to give eventually just because Disney hasn't really done a dinosaur property in forever. Like I said, who remembers the movie Dinosaur? Hester and Chester is kind of decaying. They're already done with uh, the, the primeval world. Primeval yeah. world there. Uh, and, you know, Indiana Jones is obviously something they are investing in right now. And, again, it is, quote, it's, it'll be relatively easy to turn that ride yeah, into. Yeah, people think that, but, like, I know, like I say, use the same ride layout, but, again, like, think of that big chamber yeah. in yeah, Temple of Vermont. Yeah. You'd have like to do it, some work it would almost to make have to, It would almost have to be worse, I'll be honest, right? Like, well, it, just, and, it probably and, wouldn't be as good. Well, and the, yeah. the room isn't set up 
to move with the uh, the boulder going down. So right. they had to so, change that effect. A there's that all effect, kinds of things they'd have to fix here. Yeah. Right. So it wouldn't just be as easy as like you know putting in new wallpaper, right? So, right. so I, I don't know. There's a part of me that, especially now, because but they can of always up it in other know. ways too. So but, you never know. Uh, think about you know where has the investment's been lately? Animal Kingdom is the next part that's due for something uh, eventually mm-hmm. here. Uh, and, and you know what else are you gonna do? Maybe you do this. I I, I don't know. There, there's a part of me that wouldn't want it. I, I like I like Dino Land. I think that I wish I wish they would just invest in that idea more. Do a really big refurb to kind of make this ride a bit more uh, exciting again. Add some new effects. Fix that pterodactyl. But I I don't know what their plans are. Maybe, so, maybe right now they're probably gonna keep it alone for a couple more years while they recoup some profits sure. that they lost this year. Mm-hmm. Yep. So here, here's where we'll kind of talk about kind of some more of our memories of this ride and what, what it means to us. But it kind of is weird to me, right? This is a big attraction. It's got huge animatronics. It's exciting. It's thrilling. You know, it's it, it's well done. It just feels like this weird, it's shoved in a corner. People yeah. don't really think about it. Like when you talk about great Disney rides, it never comes up. I never understood that. I think this is top shelf for me i I really really like this ride i think there's a few things going against it i think one is that it's based off a movie that not a lot of people have but it didn't used to be i like i was wondering like that would have helped it if it if that movie didn't exist i think it may have actually a little bit but it's it's never been the biggest ride in Animal Kingdom, right? Even on day one, Kilimanjaro Safaris was more important. I mean, it was was always the thrill ride, though. I mean, yeah, well, uh, then you had Expedition Everest, not not too long afterwards, and then that immediately became the ride. Yeah. And now it's even lower on the pecking order because you have Flight of Passage. Yeah, once, gets, once right? Everest came, that definitely put kind of a not a nail in the coffin, but right. But I mean, mm-hmm. it's still important because it's still you know you still need to have an, another ride there, right? And it is still an important ride, but it's not one that anybody is running to in the park. Yeah, because no, even UHA, you say it's top shelf. You're not you're not running. Yeah, di- it, uh, well, sure, it, it, it is almost sure. like what do you guys want to do? Oh, we haven't done dinosaur yet. Do you want to do that? Eh. We can. It, it's the it's the ride you do in the middle of the day. Yeah, it's a must ride for me. I mean, it's good. It's oh, for yeah, my like advantage. It. I've never waited like lately more than half an hour for it. Oh, right, that's too much. Twenty minutes. I mean, I think that you know, there's obviously room for rides like that. It is interesting. You're right though, because it's this is never a celebrated ride, which I think is the way to put it. it yeah. is, mm-hmm. I mean, it's 22 years old now, right? Like it has had some obvious staying power. That's pretty yeah. significant. It, it's almost like the movie it's based off of. Like people just seem to kind of forget about it. I think it goes. It really goes to show how much theming really affects an attraction. Because because I I mean I consider Indiana Jones top three attractions of all time. E ticket, all that. And this I do look at as like, you know, it's basically the same thing, but, you know, it's good and I enjoy it, but it's not like an e-ticket level for yeah, me. Yeah, I guess, I guess I would disagree with AJ in terms of being top shelf, maybe the shelf below that. Just be like, like there's 70% of the effects and stuff on here are great, but there's just that 30% or so that I can feel is just a little phoned in or a little lazy that, that doesn't quite bring it all together. Well, I've, I, as the ride is now, really, the only things that don't work f- to me is the, the pterodactyl. Um, the, the, the sauropod just kind of floating there, its neck kind of in space, but really that's it. I yeah, mean, the geez. ending, the ending, uh, it's thing. not terrible. And it's I, like, terrible. If, you, if, you, if you didn't know about the, the meteor, you wouldn't know any better, but I mean, but come it's, on. It's, like, certainly, it's certainly no boulder coming down at you. No, right? but, but, but act three of this ride where first the current tour starts chasing you no, that and then that's great. And then the giant one is there and it genuinely scares you. I think that's phenomenal. No, I, I, I do like this ride quite a bit. Uh, and I, I'm a, it's a super dark ride, right? And we talk about these mm-hmm. and I like super dark rides a, a good deal. And I'm, I'm glad it's there. 
I think it's going to be safe for a while, but it's it's it is right now in that dangerous spot where it's just kind of old, right? It's not a classic, and a lot of rides don't survive that period. Mm-hmm. And we know right now that it's being eyed to be replaced by Indiana Jones, maybe. So we have to see: is there going to be this kind of uh, renaissance for this ride, where there's going to be a, some outpouring for it? I mean, I tell you what, people people pretended to show up for Maelstrom, right? If they ever wanted to get rid of this, I, you wonder <laughs> you wonder what people are going to say or, you know, how upset people are going to be or not. Mm-hmm. Mike, when was the first time you finally wrote this? Do you remember? I don't. I tell you what, I think it was already Dinosaur. I don't think I ever did it when it was Countdown to Extinction. It was probably early mm-hmm. 2000. It wasn't that long afterwards. Yeah. I, I think it was, it was about probably by the time when I finally did Spider-Man and stuff like that, and I had done... Because at the time, I hadn't really done many super dark rides, so the whole concept almost confused and scared me. And yeah, you probably I, started with Spider-Man, Men in Black, and uh, I, th- I think did this as well. I think all of us did this before we ever did Indiana Jones in the Temple of the Yes, right. That is true, yeah. Yeah. And it was kind of, it was like a mind-blowing thing, like, oh my gosh, you're right, this is the exact same track layout. Well, we didn't know that at the time. We yeah, didn't, that's I don't what I mean. think we knew it was based off Indiana mm-hmm. Jones, because we didn't know yeah, so much about that you're, ride. You're doing the ride like, yeah, this is mm-hmm. where this is, this what, is where that is. One other thing that's interesting about this ride is the gift shop at the end, because it's a classic, it dumps you out in a gift shop. But the gift shop is like such a non, like, there's not that much Disney merch, because it's mostly just dinosaur toys that are unaffiliated with Disney or that movie. They it's put almost Rex like in there a, sometimes. <laughs> It's like a museum gift shop. That's what it feels yeah, like. I kind of like that about it. I like it. And, it. and the other weird thing about this ride, even within Dinoland, you're right, it's kind of like out of the way. Like, there's like this really long entrance to it. Yeah. And it kind of is part of what makes Animal Kingdom interesting in general, just how spaced out it yeah, is, right? How lost <laughs> it's, not, it's not like Fantasyland where you have Peter Pan's flight like 10 feet across from It's a Small World. Yeah, there is a lot lost, of space for things to bored. breathe. Yeah. I mean, and some of it almost feels almost like there's like that those weird trails where they just have the statues of dinosaurs and you're like, man, they dedicated a lot of space to this. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's but right. It's part yeah, of the charm. by the exit of the ride, right? Yeah, it, it's when yeah, it, it's kind of over there. It's, it's, it's over like in where between. The old fast Pass kiosk used to be. Off you, to you, the probably, right. you probably yeah. walked that trail a few times. Well, it's yeah, an hour just killing this. time. Just killing time. <laughs> well, but yeah, I, 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 like I said, I like this ride. I, I've always kind of thought highly of it. I, I think I like it more than most. I think that's fair to say. I, I don't think many people would even like hate this ride. It is just more like an eh. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. no, no one, would, no one would actively dislike this ride. Right. It's Unless you're terrified of dinosaurs, I don't know. Yeah, is that is that a phobia people have? Like they do have snakes or something. Yeah, AJ, it's also funny the, uh, too. Let's take the kids next time. Let's see how they yeah, like. Let's, let's give it a shot. I'm sure Sophia, who, who, Sophia, who got scared of a meatball monster in the game Overcooked last night, will be thrilled to ride this <laughs> we'll her up a bit. <laughs> oh god! Yeah. But um, I was gonna say the other funny thing too is how this is still like based on that like '90s conception of what dinosaurs look like, and now we know better. Like they should all have feathers. Well. Even that, so that whole thing's complicated too, because I don't yeah, know. It's like several during certain periods. So who who knows? But those so are fun. Do, let's let's do, like do this comparison. How does this compare to the Jurassic uh, River journey, Chris? Uh, I ask you because Mike's never been on yeah. that. No, hell no. If I, I mean, had heck a, no, man. If I had a, I guess it depends on my mood. But if I had to pick a ride just to do, it would probably be Jurassic Park River Journey. Well, Jurassic Park's another one. Even though, like that was refurbished recently too, that's another one. Like stuff broke all the time on that. Yes. So it, depe- it depends. what was working, I guess. What What would you pick? What do you think? Hmm. If you just had like right now, like if you had, they said we could take you to one of these rides. What would you pick? I mean, part uh, probably Jurassic Park, only because 
the movie tie-in stronger. Like I like that soundtrack. Well, it's a movie we like and love and enjoy. What if what if it was that Jurassic World version they have in California now? Oh god, I've seen that. It's it's not like like you know, in the beginning of the of the ride, there's like this great moment where you like go through the serene little jungle around a bend, and there's this the music starting and this narrator's talking, and you get to the gate and you go through it and the music swells. This new one, they immediately start you in like an underground tank where there's projection screens because yeah, Universal's obsessed with them already. That, that giant underwater monster thing that eats that girl in the movie. Oh, I hate that and part like, of the movie. It's in there, and it's like I, oh, I seriously really? can't. I can't watch that movie because of that that part. Yeah, it's, it's I can't weird. do it. Yeah, I could do a whole spiel against Jurassic World right now, but we can move on. Yeah, but <laughs> they're both good. So I, I'd probably take it for that reason. But I mean, they're pretty. They're close. They're pretty neck and neck. I mean, the T Rex at the end of Jurassic Park is is really good. Yeah, it better is. in Cal in, in Florida than it is in California because yeah. yeah, it's newer. I mean, that, that carnosaurus animatronic isn't all time great, and it, it, oh, it yeah, is all that incredible. loose rubber skin. Is it looks awesome on mm-hmm. that thing, and it actually works the, all the time. Unlike a certain Yeti. Yeah, oh, I was just gonna say. I feel like. Based on the Carnotaurus, I had high expectations for the Yeti of what it was going to do. And I don't feel, even when it was working, I yeah, don't you're think right. it actually is as good as well, the Carnotaurus. Yeah, remember the hype that was surrounding that? And we, oh, we like saw how it in advanced it was. Like, I thought, I, I imagine, to go on a tangent, like, if you think of the part in Everest where you see the Yeti's shadow, like where you're stopped and you see the yeah, shadow. Yeah, it would move like I that. envision you'd be stopped in the animatronic where they come out and like, walk around and yeah, menace right? you. The way they talked about it. Not Man, that you just go blank- by and it would wave at you. Yeah, a blink of an eye and it's gone. I mean, right? it is impressive, and I wish you could see it a bit more. Do yeah. like a helix around it or something. I mean, that's what makes the current torch so great. It's not only is it a cool figure, but you get some time with it. Like, you get to yeah. really see mm-hmm. it in action. Uh, so, yeah, I'll, 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 I don't know where any of our pictures are for this ride. They're probably in a Man, box we, somewhere. We, we got to find, find them. That, we'll that original yeah. Yeah. That, that first picture, I mean, Chris and I are scared. It we probably, were just it, looking it, to the right, screaming. Yeah, this, it, this it really was the most terrified I've ever been in an attraction. Well, we, were, we were, what, 14 and 12? Yeah, like, I, guess, I yeah. was actually I'll scared. I'll tell you what, I think I was so prepared to be absolutely terrified the first time I did it. I think I was, I was kind of surprised how scared. I was not when that saw that dinosaur. That's good. That's yeah. good. Good for you. Yeah, so thank you guys. Well, you were five <laughs> years older than us at that time, too. Yeah. <laughs> you had your license. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you guys ready to hear what I think I'm going to do for uh, our episode next month? Oh, what's Let's it going to be, Mike? Mm. Well, with the new year here, I'm kind of looking towards the future, and I, I want to strike while the iron is hot, or the irons per se, or the Jeremy Irons, I guess you could say. Oh! So, it's like a, a grand mir- miraculous spaceship. Yeah. I think I'm going to look specifically oh. at that Jeremy Irons wow. narration version of that's big. Ship yeah. Earth. That's big. That ride is such a mood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I you, that, that's how you know we're 90s kids, because all the 80s people are like, Walter Cronkite, and we're like, no. <laughs> Jeremy, <laughs> no Irons. Jeremy Irons. Jeremy Irons, Spaceship Earth, or bus. that incredible... I miss that finale so much. I know. We'll I do too. It. Oh, I do too. But maybe before then, we can do some kind of a, a 8.5 episode. And uh, I don't know. We could, we could talk about other dinosaur things. Maybe we could just talk more about Jurassic Park since it's yeah, kind of. We could do that in Universal. Yeah, that'd be fun. We'll yeah, do some Maybe we we'll, we'll a complete non sequitur. Who knows? We make these up as we go. <laughs> yeah, 0.5s are always just for fun if we can do them. So yeah. awesome. All right. Uh, AJ, why don't you tell people where where they can find us? Yeah, go to 90sDisney.com, 90sDisney.com. From there, you'll find links to subscribe to our show from all your different uh, favorite podcast applications, Spotify and Apple Podcasts and Stitcher and 
Overcast and Pocket Cast and uh, some other casts, I'm sure. Uh, you can also find all our past episodes there. Last month, we had a great show about the Nightmare Before Christmas that Chris put together for us. Yeah. Uh, like mm-hmm. I said, we have our Indiana Jones and the Temple Forbidden Eye, uh, also a Chris episode. Yeah. If you want to learn more about the EMV vehicles, because Chris, our you know local engineer here, did a yeah. great job of going right. into well, uh, how those vehicles work. So if you want a little more in-depth of the ride vehicle for Dinosaur and Indiana Jones, be sure to check out that episode. Um you can hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Links are over at the website. And you can email us any questions, comments, or concerns at 90sDisneyPodcast at gmail.com. And uh, again, make sure you keep an eye out when we post uh, you know future episodes, including Spaceship Earth, Jeremy Irons edition, whatever we decide oh, to call that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. It's, it's going to be fun. I guess 90s Spaceship Earth, I think, is the easy way to put it. Hey, maybe our point five is going to be about T-Rex and my frozen oh, mojito. Oh, that's a good idea. A whole, a whole 30 <laughs> minutes. There you go. Of just oh, that 30. drink. One of the first alcohol. I, I think the first Disney alcoholic drink I ever had. I think it was. I made you make it. Surprise! We'll you liked it. We'll do a live tasting. AJ oh, AJ, yeah, come on, AJ. Miss, make it for me. Make yeah, it. I'll make some frozen mojitos for you. Like, okay, you still have that dinosaur bone somewhere, don't you? Perfect. You got to make a lot. Then. Go, go find it and clean it out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. We'll get out of here. Bye-bye. Yep. Bye, bye. Bye, everyone. Happy New Year. Goodbye. Happy New Year. Roar.